The Year in Review Medicare Regulation and Legislation Enrollment Statistics And Major Industry Trends The State of the Senior Market Brought to you by Ritter Insurance Marketing This is it, the final episode of our State of the Senior Market series. It's a special series presented by Craig Ritter, president of Ritter Insurance Marketing, the company that brings you this podcast. In our last episode, Craig went over enrollment stats for 2019 and AEP 2020. Today, in our final episode, he's got the major industry trends you want to watch for. Hi, this is Craig Ritter, president of Ritter Insurance Marketing, and I want to welcome you to episode four, Major Industry Trends. And I want to thank you for watching the first three episodes. And if you haven't, you can always go back and watch episodes one through three. So let's get started with episode four. I'm gonna break this down into two sections. In section one, I'm going to talk about product segments. So we're gonna talk about Medicare supplement, then we're gonna get into Medicare Part D and Medicare Advantage. And then in the second section, I'm gonna talk about business management. As an agent, you're an entrepreneur, you're running your own company, and sometimes you need to step back and think about the business aspect of what you're doing. So I'm gonna talk about three topics that have to do with how you manage your agency, how you manage your business. First, I'm gonna talk about upward pricing of Medicare books of business, trends I see there. Next, talking about increased competition in the retail space for the Medicare business, and then conclude with increasing complexity in comparing and valuing Medicare Advantage products. So let's get into section one. We'll start with Medicare supplement. First, with MACRA, you see trends in Plan F. You all understand that as of January 1st, 2020, individuals who age into Medicare after January 1st of 2020 are no longer eligible to purchase first dollar coverage for Medigap. So that means that they cannot purchase a Plan F, but they can purchase a Plan G. We're also seeing some trends potentially with other plans besides Plan G, potentially Plan N, or even possibly Plan K. So look for those offerings in the future. Looking at the Part B deductible, we saw pretty steady rates the last couple years with the Part B deductible, and of course this impacts the premiums on Plan F. However, in 2020, we did see the first jump in a while. It went from $185 per calendar year to $198 in calendar year 2020. So if we continue to see that increasing trend in the annual Part B deductible, we might see higher, a little bit higher Plan F premiums. Some other trends that are coming soon are higher discounts for household benefits. We're gonna see some major carriers offering larger discounts for household and also potentially for couples that purchase their Medigap policies together. We're seeing interesting trends in underwriting. So high sp I call high-speed underwriting would be like instant underwriting where a Medigap carrier would be able to pull the individual's drug history and do an instant underwriting decision like on the spot. So if your client meets certain criteria, they would be automatically approved if they do have, say, a hit on their drug list, then they may have to go through a little bit further underwriting. The next trend we're seeing is easier enrollment for telephonic sales. And this has to do a lot with the what I call the secret question. In a lot of cases, it's mother's maiden name. 
where carriers are allowing you to collect the client's signature based on that secret question. In the past, you may have had to record the signature telephonically, or you may have had to email something to the customer that they would click on to confirm their signature. Now with the secret question, it really speeds up the process for telephonic enrollment. And finally, I think we're going to see some more aggressive pricing on Plan F for those individuals who attained their Medicare eligibility prior to January 1st of 2020. You could see some lower premiums on Plan F that could induce some switching from one Plan F to another Plan F. Moving on to PDP, the PDP market continues to be controlled by the top six players. Actually, 92% of all enrollment in the, on the individual PDP space is controlled by the top six carriers. However, that's down slightly from last year. Last year was actually 94%. So we are seeing some, some new players in the market. For 2021, we're going to see very stable Part D standard benefit designs. You may recall in 2020, last year, we saw a very large jump in the troop or true out-of-pocket maximum, but the benefits for 2021 look very stable, so that's a good thing. However, we're gonna see a new change in PDP plans and in the prescription drug part of Medicare Advantage in 2021, and that's the introduction of a sixth tier for Medicare PDP plans and for Medicare Advantage plans, which include prescription drugs. The sixth tier is a preferred specialty pharmacy tier. We didn't see much growth in the PDP market. Most of the business that was written were really plan changes. As you might recall, in our earlier episode, we talked about the zero growth in the overall PDP market. So really we're seeing switching is the new business and we're not really seeing a lot of new members joining into PDP plans. CMS is making a big push for transparency in 2021. This is a continuing trend. They're looking for price transparency and they're looking to lower drug costs. You may recall we're going to see a real-time pricing tool coming in 2022, and CMS is doing a lot of work along with the FDA to get generic drugs approved. So you could see your clients moving from a brand tier to a generic tier in the future. There were some new entrants in the PDP space, which happened for the first time, Mutual of Omaha and Delaware Life. Delaware Life is now on enrollment sanctions, so they're not available currently, but we do have Mutual of Omaha as a new national PDP player. Now, moving on to Medicare Advantage, we did see acceleration in the growth of MA. So we got to double-digit growth in 2020, up from 7% growth last year. So we're seeing very strong sales, very strong new entrants into the Medicare Advantage market. We're continuing to see a concentration among the top four players in the Medicare Advantage market. Currently, the top four players represent six of 10 individual Medicare Advantage clients. So you can really see the, the concentration at the top. In terms of absolute growth, the big four grew by one and a half million members and the bottom 295 plans only grew by 200,000. In terms of percentage, the big four grew by 16%, whereas the bottom 295 only grew 2.5%. We expect to see improving plan designs for Medicare Advantage in 2021 due to the improved reimbursement rates that will come out in early April, along with the repeal of the health insurer fee. 
We also expect to see some interesting segmentation in the Medicare Advantage market. For instance, you're probably going to see plans that are custom designed for individuals with end-stage renal disease, which might have additional supplemental benefits like enhanced transportation to attract those members into those plans. So look for that in 2021. Now let's get into section two, and this is kind of our business strategy section. The framework I wanna lay out for you, I wanna basically cover four areas with each in terms of our discussion on these items. So first I make my claim, I'm gonna to try to support that claim with some facts, kind of give you some of the reasons why I feel the way I do. You can agree or disagree, and then get into how this would apply to you, how this is gonna impact your business, what are the implications of these major trends. So my first claim, uh, over the past three years, the asset value of an agent's book of Medicare business has increased by about 30 to 50%. And this isn't just an increase in your revenue. So for example, if you make say $50,000 of annual commissions, and that was three years ago, and now you're making 75,000, I'm talking about an increase in the value of that same dollar of revenue. So that $50,000 of annual commission revenue, I claim is worth 30 to 50% more today in terms of the value of that book of business. So how do I make this claim? What's my support? First, you know, there's really a limited market for books of business. So there's really no stock market or Dow Jones that you can go and look to and say, hey, what's, what's the value of my book of business today? So I'm looking at, I look at other markets to kind of give me an indication of, of why I feel this way. First, you can look at the public markets. You can look at the stocks of certain companies like eHealth and Health Insurance Innovations, which are call centers in the Medicare Advantage space. You can look at recent transactions, the acquisition of Transact by Willis Towers Watson. You can look at the stocks of publicly traded companies. In the private markets, you can look at private equity. For example, there have been a lot of Medicare-based FMOs who've been acquired by private equity. Also, we're seeing a lot of activity, a lot of increases in valuations for Medicare-based call centers. So all these factors indicate to me that the value of your book of business has gone up in the last three years. So why is this happening? I think one is the introduction of capital from private equity in our market. So you have a lot of private equity firms who see the value of the Medicare Advantage book of business and are kind of bidding up the price. We have seen big increases in MA and PDP renewal commissions in the last two years. For example, in 2020, we'll find out the 2021 commissions in a couple months, but in 2020, we saw MA commissions increase faster than inflation. It was 5.8% increase. PDP increased by 5.4. And that comes on top of 2019, where Medicare Advantage commissions increased by 6% and PDP commissions increased by 2.8%. The reduction in corporate income taxes is, I think, driving some value here. You have lower interest rates, which increase asset values, and we're seeing very strong persistency in the Medicare Advantage and PDP space. So these are all the reasons why private equity and the public markets are really placing a premium on the value of a Medicare book of business. So what does this mean for the individual agent? I came up with about eight implications, things that you, know, you may wanna think about. If this is all true, how you might run your business a little bit differently, you might be able to come up with more, and maybe we can talk about these in the Q&A coming up, but let me go through the, the list of eight that I have. 
First, you might want to rethink your acquisition costs. So you may have a dollar value in your mind and it may be you know, what you're used to historically over the last three to five years. You may say be willing to spend 200 or 250 or $300 in marketing costs for the acquisition of a new client. Now you may want to increase that because of the increased value of that sale. So that's one implication. The higher value is going to attract more competition in the market. Increased value of referrals. So if you have affinity partnerships, if you have centers of influence, you have your, your corporate branding, the value of all those activities is increased because the value of each sale has gone up. Also, the, the importance of retention. You know, we think a lot about new sales. Sometimes we don't think as much about retention, but retaining a member is as important as getting a new member. So all the activities that you do to, to communicate with your customers, to do their annual reviews, those are all critical activities for maintaining the size of your book of business. Next, you may think about business opportunities. You may want to expand your marketing. You may want to add downline agents, bring on new agents, younger agents into the, into the market, train them on how to maintain that book of business. You may be getting so many referrals that it's hard to, hard to keep up, so you may want to think about adding a sub-agent. Next, you know, the increasing importance of technology. You only have so many hours in the day. The AEP comes and goes before you know it. So having an FMO that brings you great technology solutions to improve your efficiency during the annual enrollment period is more critical than ever. Next, talk about business risk. Hopefully you've done continuity planning, you've done some business planning, but think about the value of your book of business. As that increases, it becomes more important than ever to do that uh, continuity planning. And finally, you know some of the solutions that we're coming out with I talked about in episode one that will help you retain your business, will help you do those annual reviews to do the Medicare prescription drug pricing for 2021, will help you write and help you retain more of your business. My next big claim is that the retail market for the Medicare business is getting more competitive. This could lead to higher acquisition costs and lower retention. So if you turned on the TV during the annual enrollment period or you watched daytime television, even now, you'll see higher TV ad buys for Medicare shoppers. You know, I see those ads on TV all the time. Whenever I turn on CNN or Fox News or CNBC, I'm always seeing those commercials, attention Medicare beneficiaries trying to induce your clients to call their 800 number. The valuations of call centers I talked about leads to demand for higher growth rates. So if a private equity firm pays a higher price for a call center, they're going to expect increasing revenue growth. So they'll be pumping more money into the company to generate more leads. Some public data that's available out there to kind of prove my claim. eHealth had an increase in the fourth quarter of 2019 of 82% over the prior year. You may have seen in the news on March 3rd of 2020 this year, eHealth priced over $200 million of new common stock. Obviously, that's the, the purpose of that is to fuel further growth. Another example, Health Insurance Innovations, they wrote 55, almost 56 million in Medicare revenue in Q4 of 2019 versus no revenue at all in Q4 of 2018. So there's a new entrant into the market that's vying for your customers, that's vying for new customers that you could be getting. So why is all this happening? I think, you know, you just look at number one, right? The value of this business is, is increased. I think 
The reason why there's more competition is that the value of this business is growing. It's attracting more capital to the market. So naturally, you're seeing more competitors in the marketplace. So that's kind of number one explains number two in some ways. So what are the implications? I think as an agent, we have to sell ourselves first and then sell the product second. When you're talking to your client, you know, maybe take the first five or 10 minutes and explain to them what you do, kind of tell your story. You're a consultant to them. You're not an enrollment center, right? So I think a lot of your competition may be focused on speed, may be focused on efficiency, and is not focused as much on the consultative approach. So really sell that to your, to your clients. Talk about your experience. Talk about how you understand your local market, the products that you offer. In most cases, if you're competing with a, a website or you're competing with an 800 number, they're gonna have a very limited number of plans available. Whereas if you're a local agent working with your customers, you could offer a much wider portfolio. I mean, if you think about 100 call center agents who are licensed in 50 states, are they gonna be able to represent 40 or 50 different insurance companies? No, they're probably gonna represent three or four companies. So really sell the fact to your customers that you're local, that you understand the local market, and you have access to all the plans that they want. In addition to selling yourself to your customers, sell yourself and your services to your centers of influence as well. So if you have a CPA firm or a, a group agency that refers business to you, make sure that they know what you're doing is going above and beyond what they'll get from a, a competitor. You wanna increase your communication to your clients as well. You wanna retain those touches throughout the year. A great way to do that is using Medicare for Living. We write a number of blog posts every single week, and that's a great way to stay in front of your client base. Intermittently, ask for some referrals. You know, the value of the referral business is increasing. So don't just ask them, you know, if you communicate with them once a year and you're just asking for a referral, as a customer, I probably don't appreciate that, but if you're communicating regularly and you sprinkle in a few asks for referrals, I think your customers will be much more amenable to giving you that referral. And also the importance of the annual review. You really wanna highlight that. I mean, in, in a lot of cases, if you have a Medicare supplement and a PDP client, you can save them more money by doing an annual review of their medication and looking at their PDP plan, then you could save them with their Medicare supplement. In some cases, you may be able to save them $800 or $1,000 by switching their PDP plan, whereas a MedSup switch might save them $10 a month. So really reinforce to your, your client the value of what you're bringing to the table in terms of doing that annual PDP review. And finally, my third claim is that comparing Medicare products has become much more complex in the past three years. This is really due to two dimensions. The first dimension is just simply the number of products that are out there. In 2020, the number of PBP, which is Plan Benefit Package County Combinations, which is really the measure of all the plans that are available in the marketplace, increased by 19%. It went from 345,000 to over 400,000 PBP plans. It's a significant increase. In addition, we saw some significant changes in 2019 into 2020 on individual PDP, which caused a lot of PDP members to need to switch plans. And finally, the plans are offering increased supplemental benefit options, including things like social determinants of health. So it used to just be gym memberships, maybe a little dental, vision, hearing. 
Now you're seeing all kinds of new innovative benefits around meal delivery, even things like pest control, other social determinants of health, home modification, things like that. So you're seeing a lot more complexity in the products themselves. More products, more complexity makes it harder than ever to compare Medicare Advantage products for your client. So why did this happen? Well, in 2019, CMS eliminated the meaningful differences between MA plans. So HMO plans and PPO plans used to have to have a minimum actuarial difference between two plans or you couldn't have those plans. Once CMS eliminated this, you had the ability to have multiple versions of the same plan type, HMO, PPO, all at a zero premium. So you can see two or three HMOs at a zero premium price point in the market, whereas you weren't able to have that before. Additionally, CMS has allowed for more innovative benefits like the social determinants of health to be included. Also, CMS is allowing for value-based insurance design or VBID to be offered. And this offers enhanced benefits for individuals who have chronic conditions or socioeconomic status. So is this going to stay the same or is it going to continue in the future? I would argue that we're going to see even more plans and even more complexity in 2021. The continued growth of Medicare Advantage plans could be fueled simply by the relaxation of the network adequacy rules that CMS is instituting for 2021. So a plan can use telehealth to support and get a bonus for their network adequacy. So you could see more Medicare Advantage plans in rural networks. Additionally, CMS is going to allow for non-primarily health-related supplementary benefits to be included in the MLR calculations. So you're going to see more of these. And finally, as I mentioned earlier, you're going to see plans specifically segmented, specifically customized for individuals like those with end-stage renal disease. So what are the implications? In my opinion, this increases the value of the independent agent. So relative to Self-service, you know, for Medicare beneficiaries who want to go to Medicare.gov or want to use an online platform, for them to be able to navigate more plans and more complex plans will be harder than ever. Increases the value that you bring to your customer. Additionally, advantages over call centers, because as I stated earlier, in most cases, call centers are only going to bring a limited number of plans. They're going to bring maybe three, four, five national plans because of the cost of certification, because of the cost of training, because of the differences in networks, they're not gonna be able to offer the same breadth of products that you have. This also increases the value of technology solutions for assisting you, the agent. And that's really what we're focused on. So things like Medicare Quote Engine, our plan comparisons with Medicareful.com, and our new client login for Medicareful.com, where your client can manage their physicians, can manage their drugs, and coming later this year, a prescription drug price estimator. So I've covered quite a bit. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I think this was my favorite one to put together. I appreciate your time in viewing episode four. If you like what you've heard, if you like all the technology that Ritter is bringing to help you expand your business, we hope that you'll register at ritterim.com if you haven't already registered. Thank you, Craig, for providing that insight. A lot to watch out for in the coming year. But that's not all. Craig recently held a live Q&A on the State of the Senior Market, and we will be bringing you the audio from that in just a few days. So be on the lookout for that. 
If you missed any of the previous episodes in this series, you can catch up via the links in our show notes. The State of the Senior Market series is available here on the podcast and in video format at ridderim.com SOTSM. As you're checking out the show notes, take a minute to subscribe or follow our feed so you don't miss out on any of the content here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. We hope you enjoyed this and all of the episodes in our State of the Senior Market series. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. We will see you next episode.